will take it all in good part if you treat him like a man and not like a lion. I'll see to him, said Saul, who had listened with great interest to the latter part of Sophie's speech, evidently suspecting a lover and enjoying the idea of supplying him with a liberal amount of plain talk and rough work. I'll keep them busy if that's what they need, for there will be a sight to do when we can't get help easy up here. Our young men don't hire out much. Work to home till they marry and don't go gadding around getting their heads full of foolish notions and forgetting all the useful things their mothers taught them. Aunt Plumy glanced at Ruth as she spoke, and a sudden color in the girl's cheeks proved that the words hit certain ambitious fancies of this pretty daughter of the house of Bassett. They shall do their parts and not be a trouble, I'll see to that, for you certainly are the dearest aunt in the world to let me take possession of you and yours in this way cried Sophie, embracing the old lady with warmth. Saul wished the embrace could be returned by proxy, as his mother's hands were too flowery to do more than hover affectionately round the delicate face that looked so fresh and young beside her wrinkled one. As it could not be done, he fled temptation and hitched up without delay. The three women laid their heads together in his absence, and Sophie's plan grew apace for Ruth longed to see a real novelist and a fine lady, and Aunt Plumy, having plans of her own to further, said, Yes, dear, to every suggestion. Great was the arranging and adorning that went on that day in the old farmhouse, for Sophie wanted her friends to enjoy this taste of country pleasures, and knew just what additions would be indispensable to their comfort, what simple ornaments would be in keeping with the rustic stage on which she meant to play the part of prima donna. Next day, a telegram arrived accepting the invitation, for both the lady and the lion. They would arrive that afternoon, as little preparation was needed for this impromptu journey, the novelty of which was its chief charm to these blasé people. Saul wanted to get out the double sleigh and span, for he prided himself on his horses, and a fall of snow came most opportunely to beautify the landscape and added a new pleasure to Christmas festivities but Sophie declared that the old yellow sleigh with Punch the farm horse must be used, as she wished everything to be in keeping with simple ways. And Saul obeyed, thinking he had never seen anything prettier than his cousin when she appeared in his mother's old-fashioned cloak and blue silk pumpkin hood. He looked remarkably well himself in his fur coat, with hair and beard brushed till they shone like spun gold, a fresh color in his cheek and the sparkle of amusement in his eyes while excitement gave his usually grave face the animation it needed to be handsome. Away they jogged in the creaking old sleigh, leaving Ruth with a fluttering heart to make herself pretty, and Aunt Plumy to dish up a late dinner, fit to tempt the most fastidious appetite. She has not come for us, and there is not even a stage to take us up. There must be some mistake, said Emily Herrick, as she looked about the shabby little station where they were set down. That is the never-to-be-forgotten face of our fair friend, but the bonnet of her grandmother, if my eyes do not deceive me, answered Randall, turning to survey the couple approaching in the rear. Sophie Vaughan, what do you mean by making such a spectacle of yourself? exclaimed Emily, as she kissed the smiling face in the hood and stared at the quaint cloak. I'm dressed for my part, and I intend to keep it up. This is our host, my cousin, Saul Bassett. Come to the sleigh at once. He will see to your luggage, said Sophie, painfully conscious of the antiquity of her array, 
as her eyes rested on Emily's pretty hat and mantle and the masculine elegance of Randall's wraps. They were hardly tucked in when Saul appeared with a valise in one hand and a large trunk on his shoulder, swinging both onto a wood sled that stood nearby as easily as if they had been handbags. That is your hero, is it? Well, he looks it, calm and comely, taciturn and tall, said Emily in a tone of approval. He should have been named Samson or Goliath, though I believe it was the small man who slung things about and turned out the hero in the end, added Randall, surveying the performance with interest and a touch of envy, for much pen work had made his own hands as delicate as a woman's. Saul doesn't live in a glass house, so stones won't hurt him. Remember, sarcasm is forbidden and sincerity the order of the day. You are country folks now, and it will do you good to try their simple, honest ways for a few days.